You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And uh, it's time now for David's pick. And um, we uh, have brought back some old friends, as a matter of fact. And uh, we wanted to get... This is sort of a, a checkup on what's been going on and what's been happening as we daily get closer to the first set of elections coming up November the 9th, and uh, then it goes on and gets more important. And so we decided we needed to have the folks from Redo Voting back. We've got Stephen and Tom and Dave in today, and uh, y'all are getting to be... Uh, I think uh, we're going to have to put the names on the back of the chairs or something. Hey, we It's always a pleasure to be back, David. Thank you for having us. Well, we appreciate it, and we appreciate what you all are doing very much and how important it is uh, in today's world. And uh, we hear it all the time about, you know, is the election going to be straight up and fair? And so... Uh, I don't know whether we bring Steve in or Tom in or Dave in and whoever wants to speak up first, probably Tom, and uh, talk about where you all are and what's happened over the past few months. Well, we probably should just start with a a reintroduction here uh, about who we are, just in case we have a new listener out there. We are with a company called Redo Voting. And we think that we have the opportunity using technology to radically change the way we vote in this country. We are a voter integrity business. We use technology, uh, and it, we have an unhackable voting system that provides transparency, that provides accountability, that increases access. So if you, if you have a concern, uh, most people on the right are concerned about election integrity, and rightfully so. Uh, we can we can solve for that. If you happen to be more on the left and and accessibility to voting is a major issue for you, then then this helps with that. You do not have to come to a polling station. You could, and you can still do that, but you do not have to. If you're in the military and you're deployed, or if you're elderly and infirm, and or heaven forbid we go through another um, some sort of lockdown or some pandemic and we need to vote remotely we can do this securely and the idea is that uh, we are using the same uh, basically paper-based tech printing technology that uh, that backs up the lottery system the lottery system has never been hacked and that serves as the premise for our system and uh, we have our chief uh, architecture architect and uh, some of the others are we're heavily involved in developing that system so we know how it works uh, using hashtags it's not an app but you can vote through your phone you can vote through a computer you can do it in person you can do it remotely and it's one vote there is chain of custody all the way through and so uh, and at the end of the day you instantly know the results uh, so that is in a nutshell our business and what we are up to now is that we're talking and getting a lot of traction from a lot of different people who find this fascinating, find it interesting from both sides of the aisle, uh, I might add. And that really we are looking for uh, the first way to pilot it. it w- no one will implement this as their 
record for the November elections, and we're totally fine with that. We're really shooting for 2024, but we would love to run some pilots or some, I don't, shadow elections sounds sketchy. This is not sketchy, but really a side by side to, to show the viability of our product is really what we're looking for. I know it can't be sketchy and that, uh, one of the reasons that we had you on, you all on to begin with is the fact that everyone involved is a veteran. And, uh, Dave, I believe you're called Doc, or you were called Doc because you were a medic. Yes, sir. And, uh, uh, you know, I have all the respect in the world for the medics. You all went places that the toughest of the, uh, 11 Bravos wouldn't go, but you all would go whenever needed and, uh, I respect you highly for that and for what you did, and thank you for your service. Thank you for your service, and thank you for your service. And uh, you know, it's it's a it's it's a great thing that you all have gotten together, and that you all are veterans, and you've, you're using some of your knowledge from the military, if nothing else, just in the management portion of the business. And uh, I think uh, I love seeing veterans do stuff like y'all are doing. Well, David, as you, as you know, and, and, and one of the reasons I think you, you enjoy having us on the show as well is that we're really we're mission-oriented, that this is a concern for our democracy. It's a concern for our country. And we as veterans have already raised our hand and agreed to stand at the tip of the spear and say, you know, send me. And we're all aging and fatted on a little bit of weight. And we're not as, you know, agile as we used to be, but we can still serve. And this is a way that we can still serve. We can bring a product like this that returns some integrity and trust to uh, one of our most fundamental rights, and that is the right to vote and the right to self-determine who leads us in this country. I think I mentioned before that uh, we've interviewed a number of veterans, and uh, I've never had a veteran yet when I asked the question, if your country called, would you go back in? And everyone, every single one has said yes in a heartbeat. And uh, they might have to say, and we'll furnish the walkers, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, a veteran is a veteran. And if people haven't served, they don't know what it means to be a veteran. And uh, it's like the largest fraternity in the world. And... And the love of country, I guess there's just something in the, um, you know, the, when you're a baby, they give you all those shots and all that kind of stuff. There must be something in that first shot that that gives you red, white, and blue and and the importance of the flag and, and serving your country. And uh, I think you, you all have extended it. You saw a need. And, uh, Tom, I think, how did you, st- when you said, I saw the need, what, what, was the next thing that you you felt like you had to do? It, you know, we have a technology bent, and a lot of us have worked in, in in software and technology companies for a while. And so, I think our natural bend is if there's a problem, there's probably a way to solve it using te- technology. And we did some investigation. We we've known for a while that there are some countries who have already gone to electronic or digital voting. I think Estonia is probably the one that's been around doing it the longest now for nearly 20 years. Uh, Brazil is looking into it. Some of these other countries are looking into it. I think there's probably about eight of them that have at least experimented with it. And, um, and so 
the question is, is why do we have to go through this gyration every time we have, especially a presidential election, you know, back to 2000, back to 16, back to 20? Why, why don't we know much sooner who is president and why do not, you know, it seems like nobody trusts it anymore because everything happens after the fact, after the lawsuits, after the investigations, after the reports of, uh, of you know, sketchy activities going on. Why does that have to happen? And so we kind of put our heads together and came up with what originally we thought was going to be an app. You know, why can't we just vote on our phone? We do everything else on our phones these days. Uh, and by the way, we have smartphone um Penetration goes very deep in this country now. There's, there's, you know, somewhere around 10% that of the country that, that do not have them, and and you know our technology can can, can accommodate for those who don't. But uh, you know, we do everything. You can apply for a mortgage. You can do your banking. You can do just about everything on your phone. Why in the world can't I vote on my phone? And we started down the path of an app, and we were down that path pretty far. And then we realized that with an app. People still may not have full trust because you got to pull an app through somebody else. You got to pull it through big tech, and there's a lot of skepticism around big tech. And so we 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 changed course and rearchitect are using the lottery technology and secure browsers. And so it goes right into a .gov server in the government. And so that's that's kind of our new uh, way of doing this, and we think that'll be more accepted by the public. You know, you keep coming back to a word which uh, is becoming, you know, I even heard it in a, a sermon the other day, and, and it's something that we as a country, and I never thought I'd go through it, but, uh, you know, we <laughs> you can't trust anybody these days. And uh, right after you all get redo voting well underhand, then... I assume that y'all are coming out with some kind of uh, White House monitor with um, whatever said that it'll be filtered out and uh, only the truth will come out. It may be a sort of a hard listen as every other word is is skipped. But uh, no, but this is this is something that we have to get back to as a country and the trust in our system. And with your old system, it ain't based on me. It ain't based on Joe or Sam or anybody else. It's there. It works. And that's the end of the story. And you don't have to worry about me being the crook that's going to bring in an extra 30,000 votes under my sleeve, you know, or whatever the case might be, because you all have taken care of all of that. And I guess I, I want to stress, too, and you all have been on uh, several times now, but the folks that are listening are listening to the archive. Please, please go to redovoting.com, and then whatever contact you have, be it media contact, be it a uh, representative, be it your local state representative or city council or whoever you might know, Get the word to them about RedoVoting.com and how we can secure our most treasured asset in the world is our vote. And uh, we have to get this out, and we have to get it not only implemented within the next few days, but also implemented before 2024 and the election of another president. 
you know, you, you keep going back to the word word trust, and not to get too philosophical, but in the '90s there was a an author who did a lot of very interesting things. Uh, um, some of which I agree with, some of which I didn't. But a guy named Francis Fukuyama, and he wrote a book around how there are high trust and low trust societies, and he went back and basically came up did a cultural study and found that high trust societies are the ones that usually thrive economically, politically, it is it is where you know the renaissance comes from and then low trust societies where you're very tribal, you don't trust people outside your own family um, are usually very slow and uh, to thrive and often have terrible economies and often suffer through dictators, et cetera, et cetera. And we, one of the reasons that the West and particularly the United States has thrived is we're a high trust society. And so, David, you mentioned getting back to being a high trust society. We're already there. We just need to remember that. And we just need to have the systems in place. Now, we also balance that in the United States with being somewhat skeptical about government power and those in charge. And so there's a balance between trusting you know, the people to the left and right of you and your neighbors and, and your, your local officials maybe and then with balancing that with the skepticism. And so, you know, really we just, you know, we want to trust. We want to be, uh, believe that our vote counted the way it counted and that there was no racketeering going on behind the scenes. And because that's where we as Americans usually want to go. And so it's discerning to us when we can't trust our neighbors and we can't trust those in charge of counting ballots. And I think what we need is to get to a higher trust, uh, to instill that trust, to get it at a higher level is confidence. Um, confidence in our leaders and confidence in our systems. And I think everyone can agree that uh, everyone lost a little confidence in the, in the in the past couple elections that the systems were not working um, at an optimum level uh, the way they should have. There was some some tomfoolery going on, um, and that's the thing that Redo brings. We're going to bring confidence. Confidence is a combination of auditability, transparency, and reliability, and ensuring that there's a clearly observable, unobstructed path from the point where a vote is cast where it is tabulated, resulting in a verified artifact from each voting transaction. So everything, we restore this confidence. People can see, you know, there's a clear... uh, um, Steve, we're going to have to take a break. We'll come back to you and your point, and I've got a little addition to it. But we'll be right back, right after a couple of messages. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Veteran-owned America's Web Radio endorses and supports Dr. Rich McCormick for Georgia's 6th District, U.S. House of Representatives. As a decorated Marine helicopter pilot, and now an emergency room doctor who served on the front lines against COVID-19, Dr. Rich McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. Whether it's communist China abroad, or the radical left in America, Rich knows the next fight facing America is to stop socialism. He's all in. Vote for Rich McCormick. Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp. And we're back on America's Web Radio with the gentleman from RedoVoting.com. And uh, Steve was making a point. And one other point I want to make in trust in, in what we're talking about with your old system and getting the faith in the system back into everybody's. You know, 
when a parent goes home and he's talking to his spouse or whatever the case might be and they talk about, well, you know, yeah, I went and voted, but, you know, I don't know if my vote counts or this or that, and their kids are listening. And a lot of what's happening today is an erosion of our young folks because they listen to what their parents are saying. And we can't have this. We, we've got to get them back on a level that I grew up on. And on the, the you know, the, back when I was growing up, it was almost like the government, the socialists would have loved me back then. The government could do no evil. But you, you trusted in the American way. You trusted in the flag. You you loved the flag. You supported the flag. And, and you trusted if a politician said something. You took it for granted that it was the truth. And we've lost all of that, and we've got to get back, and we've got to instill that in our kids, in my opinion. Steve, back to what you were saying. You're right. Uh, I think what, what you're getting at is every legal vote should count in the United States. And and with redo, every voter can be confident that theirs did count. Um, going back to what I was talking about, um, we're – as far as our transparency goes, redo voting, we allow for third parties to audit the election in real time and perform their own tallies of decrypted results. This is going to ensure full transparency and auditability. I want to say that again. We allow for third parties to audit the election in real time. There's nothing. There's not going to be, uh, you know, people tacking up paper as they're counting, you know, over the windows as they're counting things. There's not going to be, uh, any, you know, a week later uh, as lawsuits roll in. No, this is tabulated in real time, and the results will be made. Uh, they're available almost immediately, um, and then it's up to the secretaries of states to certify the results. But. With our system, it's going to go back almost to the you know the days of old. Uh, we you knew on election day evening who was who won whatever election there was. Um, the votes were tabulated and counted, and an announcement was made. And that's what we're going to go back to. We're going to this will allow us to get away from the lawsuits, to get away from uh, anything that can increase the divisiveness. In America, we can get back to this is the actual result and the will of the people. Like it or love it, this is what the people want. The people voted for X. Well, then X gets it. Um, and and like like Tom said earlier, we're not partisan anyway. We just want there to be free and fair elections for the American public. For every legal vote that comes in, that legal vote gets counted, and it gets counted correctly and tabulated correctly and reported correctly. And the uh, lobbyist will be quick to jump all over this and they'll know exactly who to call first and and how quick to call them and congratulate them and offer them all sorts of uh, goodies um, I've worked uh, several elections and found it disgusting uh, it's sort of like it's sort of like working with pro athletes uh, you ain't nothing until you get that ring or you get that name and then all of a sudden all your fans come out of the woodwork and and uh we spoil our pro athletes we spoil and take advantage of our politicians and it's it's a crime but at least with your system we'll know exactly who the 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 people voted for and and hopefully that politician can stand up to the uh to the ones that want to corrupt them 
and uh, I think you all have a wonderful system. Um, have you got any states that you feel like uh, are on the on the border, or that, or can you announce any of them? Um, so you know, some of the states that are showing early interest, uh, we think. In it, uh, include, uh, some of the western states, uh, and the, maybe the less populated ones. So, um, we're having some conversations, perhaps in South Carolina, I'm sorry, in South Dakota, we're having some conversations, uh, in, in Arizona. Um, we might be talking to some folks in Utah soon, and, and, uh, um, you know, we're also having uh, good conversations in states like Ohio and Georgia and Florida as well. Um, most of the folks that we're talking to in those states are really focused on uh, re-election and the current election in front of us. And so, uh, you know, we think that they might be ready by 2024. Um, so it's a wide variety of states, and it and it is uh, it's it's really pretty fun and interesting to talk and hear the pushback, and it helps sharpen our argument. Or uh, and then by the end of most conversations, David, they're they're all like David Moxley. They're like, uh, we got to have this system. What's also interesting is that when we talk to folks on the left. Uh, they say, well, you know, the, the right will never go for this. And then we talk to people on the right and they say, well, you know, the, the left will never go for this. And our, 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 I think, you know, I don't know about these guys, but my personal belief is that, yeah, there are manipulators sort of on both extremes of the belt or curve. They just, they're, they're just looking to play the game, uh, underhandedly so that their, their side wins. I think that in the middle curve of the bell curve, the vast majority of the people will accept an outcome even if they don't like it if they trust the rules and the system under which it was played you brought up professional athletes a little while ago these are athletes who stand to make millions more by winning than they already do they they work very very hard to perfect their craft they're at the one percent of the one percent in the world of what they do on the athletic fields and yet when the game is over they shake hands and we often do that not every time but we often do that in politics and that's the way it should be you know yeah you might hear someone complain about a bad call here or there during the game but most likely they go you know what the game was won on the field and i accept it i don't like it this is a bitter pill for me to accept you know we we here in atlanta still think about that super bowl against the patriots a few years ago the 28 to 3 it was bitter but at the end of the day, you go, yeah, we lost, and we need to do better next time. And as long as we can get some of the concern about our system out of there, we can get back to shaking hands at the end of it and saying, okay, you won. Um, you know, Don't get too comfortable because I'm coming for you next time. But you won, and I accept the outcome. And right now we have fewer and fewer people that are accepting the outcomes because they don't um, believe in the system. Well, you know, with RedoVoting.com, you all have to take on the old postal thing to some extent. And and this is what's great about your system. Neither rain nor sneet nor hell nor storm of the day or night will keep you from voting. Uh, you know, come November the, of 2024, they could be having a blizzard up north. 
but that wouldn't keep you from voting with your system. Uh, you do it right from your easy chair, and there you go. And, and again, you all do away with the distant problem. You don't have to worry about driving 50 miles to a voting a polling place. Uh, you can do it right from your easy chair. And all of this, everything about your system has taken the the B-U-T, not the B-U-T-T, but the B-U-T out of voting. Uh, but I can't rely, uh, but I, this or whatever. Uh, you've taken the butt out of it. There is no but. You just do it and scratch it off and and uh, like I mentioned the last time you were in, I can see some people scratching it off and saying, wait a second, I didn't win. But they are winning, and whether they know it or not, they're winning. And uh, by voting and making sure that their votes count. And I think this is, we've again, people that are listening to the show, whether they're listening now or they're listening later, they have to get on board and talk to their congressmen, talk to other media about a sure way to make sure our voting system is correct and secure and accurate and timely. And uh, there's no more guessing at the – there'll be no more guessing, well, did Joe actually win or was did he lose by – a tenth of a percent or something. There'll be no more guessing. It'll be right there in front of everybody. And we've got to get the word out. So I'm pleading with everybody that's listening now or later, whoever you know, be they in media, be they uh, your local council, your city council, your mayors, whoever you know, tell them about RedoVoting.com. We've got to have it. So, David, I'll, um, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit and reveal one of the relationships that we have uh, that's that's getting stronger by the day, and that's with the Native American tribal nations. And uh, the reason I decided to bring it up is because a number of points that have been discussed this morning are uh, issues that the tribal nations have to deal with. Uh, one is the remoteness of their elderly uh, who are frequently unable to vote because of where they live and weather conditions and things like that. So this helps to consolidate the tribal nations in, in, uh, in being a participant in the American process. And perhaps on an even grander scale is that there's been accusations from both sides of the aisle uh, of uh, members of tribal nations selling their ballots. And, uh, and that, you know, to them as a whole is an egregious accusation. Uh, the tribal nations tend to vote mostly left, uh, because they feel that there's more, um, understanding of their, you know, their challenges and difficulties. Uh, but the accusations come at them from both sides, so they get caught in the middle about election integrity issues. And so for those reasons, they are very serious about looking at us as a means to participate in the American voting process. So, you know, and I, I, as young as you all are, not in age personally, but as as a business goes, I'm amazed at the doors that you've gotten open and the things that you all. Okay, how did you how did you come up with the tribal nations as a, a spot that you wanted to hit? So, uh, knowing a little about you personally and your background, uh, not only as a veteran but uh, as a man of faith. 
and there's been a lot of divine intervention, to be quite honest, and I'll say it boldly. Uh, and uh, the the folks that we ended up interacting with in the tribal nations, uh, a lot of them have also served in the military, have made great sacrifices, and because we are a veteran-owned company, we really connected on that level. So we share the same values and sense of mission, uh, just sort of parsed out in, in different uh, demographics within the country. So we're consolidating in this in this mis- mission of election integrity. You know, this is something that, and I'm getting off the subject, and I, I hate to, but uh, the tribal nations that, well, a lot of folks don't understand the word veteran even, and uh, what are the Native American Indians have supported the nation after talking about kicking somebody in the gut for years, and then yet they've turned around and forgiven us and uh, have contributed everything from, what was it, uh, the Navajo language? Is that? That's correct. The code talkers. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I mean, they've contributed on and on and on. And I find it very interesting that they're one of the people that, or they're one of a group that's, that's looking at you all. So anecdotally and not in exactly tied to our topic today, which is voting integrity, but to your point, uh, New Mexico just passed a law that allows for uh, the tribes that are within New Mexico borders to uh, file uh, their VA disability claims on the reservations. They have actually certified members oh, of the great. tribes who can do that. And you would think that's not such a big deal. It's just, okay, increased access. That's nice. But within the first few days, there were somewhere around 8,000 VA disability claims that were filed. If you think about that, that and, and most of them were World War II, Korean War, uh, Vietnam. These were you know elderly veterans of the tribal nations who have spent the majority of their adult life without those VA benefits that they deserved after serving in combat. You're just taking my breath away, and I and there's if eight thousand, then how many more are there? To my point, yes. Uh, so we're making headway, are we not? I hope. I think and so. uh, if any, again, and I, I reach out to folks because I can't touch everybody. But if you know a Native American that needs help. Take, as quickly as you can get them in the car, take them to a service officer at one of the service organizations, be it uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars, American Legion, any of those. They have service officers, and they will help that individual get the benefits that they deserve. And as a country, we've got to take care of them. And... You know, can you imagine, and I, and I can't, I can't imagine this at all, but can you imagine the stories that a Native American could tell on, and you know, I think I mentioned to you one of the things I always ask a vet, can you name any vet that can only tell one story? And, but, impossible. Impossible. Yeah. But these Native Americans, the stories that they must, be able to tell my father told me this and you know my uncle served over here or, you know and and the things that they could bring to the table and to our 
rewritten history books that need to be rewritten again, uh, but that kids need to know about. They would find it. I know when I was growing up, I have I have an Arrowhead collection, still have it, and uh, I do too. Uh, you know, I. I wonder, you know, I've got the little bitty airheads that they use for birds and the larger ones that they use for larger animals. And just to know that an Indian made them and a little bit of history and how far this can, could go with, you know, most, most Americans and certainly most of our kids today have no idea about the contribution of the American Indians to our society and to our our well-being, really. And I think it's wonderful that they're they're coming out to you all, and and that you all are going to them. And is it hard to sit down with them? No, not at all. So uh, I think they're given their the struggles that they've had over the last couple hundred years, uh, they've learned how to um, practice diplomacy and how to communicate. Uh, it's the only way that they've made headway. So I think that's one of the reasons why we bonded so strongly was because they're capable of uh, communicating to uh, America at large in a way that America at large understands. And so we have taken the time to try to understand uh, their position in certain things, and especially in voting. You know, every time I hear of, and I'm not a gambler, so I don't go to the casinos or anything, but uh, every time I hear of, of, of an Indian casino, go for it. Go spend your money. I support every white man going going into an Indian casino and losing his shirt. And uh, you know, I support him uh, totally. You know, you know there there are uh, you know many many of the the tribes are really looking to for what's what's next. Uh, you know, the casinos uh, for many of them have been uh, have brought benefits to them and brought jobs and income to the reservations, but with the casinos comes moral issues, comes problems, comes, uh, you know, a focus on, you know, activities that aren't necessarily healthy. And so many of them are looking to expand and what, and kind of what comes next. And, and technology is a great interest to them just because there's really no problem that can't be solved, uh, out there with, with technology. And so you have some of them that are really looking for what's, what's next. How can we jump on this? How can we continue to improve our reservations and our tribes? Um, you know, through something different than than the hospitality industry. Let me ask you something, Doctor Rogers. And uh, I didn't realize that until I was reading more about you. Now, uh, they, you know, in, in all in all on all fairness, there's two Rogers on our team. Oh, and we are not related. And one of us is smart, and one of us is not. And you have the one that's not here today. Oh, so <laughs> but I do appreciate it. I just go by Mister Rogers, like the neighborhood guy. Oh, okay. Well, just, <laughs> just don't take your shoes off. <laughs> right. He wears cardigans too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, geez. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, let me ask. Do you feel like in working with the Native Americans that in, in your line of work in the technology end of it, that they're getting the education that they need, that they will come into the technology world as well? They still have 
and uh, you know, not being insulting, but there's still quite a quite a few issues uh, out there with the education system and 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 some of the um, problems in society. But uh, there are some extremely bright, extremely dedicated uh, young technologists and those who have a vision for what it could be that are really pushing hard out there. So I think that uh, you know the future is brighter. Um, for those that can find a way to supplement the incomes, to bring tech, high tech, to build businesses, to be entrepreneurs in the technology field will be a real benefit to to many of the tribes. Yeah. Would you all have a position uh, for an officer uh, that served and is technically uh, supportive of what you all are doing? Uh, you have someone in particularly in mind yeah of course yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> how uh, no no I'm, I'm about as much indian as uh, warren is uh i might be more than her i don't know but uh no no i don't uh, i just uh you you all you all opened a, a door that i never thought about and uh i think it's very interesting and now I will say that many year not many years ago, but a few years ago, I tried to I would love to do a Native American weekly show and uh, bring their culture in and uh, I had an uncle that uh, was very involved and loved Indians and uh, uh, I just we've overlooked we we've I, th- I think the Native Americans would be the prime example of sweeping something under the rug. And, you know, the only little glimpse that you get on some Western of them attacking a wagon train or whatever, you know. Uh, and it's been a totally unfair situation for years. And, and again, this brings back why you all are so important, is the fact that everybody's vote should count. Everybody's vote and uh, we've got to get to the Native Americans as well as everybody else and make sure that their vote does count. And I uh, certainly, one more time, applaud you all for what you're doing. And, uh, and the thought that uh, I'd be scared to death to walk in your office and, and the three or four of you, and even we'll, we'll even include uh, Edge in this, that... My brain would probably explode just with all of your brain waves floating around and the ideas that you all must have at one time. I'd I'd be the dummy in the corner trying to duck, you know. From no, you'd fit right in. You'd fit right in. <laughs> David, one of the yeah, you need an idiot for the, <laughs> the, the whipping most, boy. One of the most beautiful parts of the whole experience is that we have a lot of fun. So meetings. Uh, you know, the veteran culture and, you know, the, the ribbing and the jabbing, but, uh, you know, also the, the mission focus and the ideas, as you say, and, uh, you know, problem solving and overcoming obstacles and all that. Uh, it's very fulfilling. And there's a lot of laughter and there's, uh, you know, we're getting to know each other's families really well. You know, it's becoming a tribe within itself. That's neat. It is neat. Yeah, take the mission seriously, but don't take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Nobody's better than anybody else. Right. I'm better than you. Well, you know, <laughs> on, on, what's today, Friday? On Fridays. <laughs> well, you know, that, that, it's funny. That's one thing, uh, you know, you talk about 
getting things done as veterans, uh, we're you know we've gotten a lot of traction uh, more than uh, other people that have come that have experience in this field. They look at what we've done and kind of scratch their heads, thinking, "How have you gotten this far without you know massive funding influx and uh, without knowing you know uh, you know high powered people?" And well, you just obviously didn't have enough money to hire a hunter. Well, or, or buy some wonderful art. Or buy some wonderful art, yeah. But to that, we, as veterans, we're used to, we're very comfortable with the idea of having a very uh, difficult mission being presented to us that has to be done. There, there, is, there is no failure. Oh, and by the way, there is very minimal support. So you need to figure out a way to do this, and you need to do this, and it needs to be done right now. Okay. So being in this position of not necessarily, I mean, we certainly have support, but we're mainly supporting ourselves, you know, and we're starting to get people, you know, uh, to believe in this process and believe in our product and believe in what we're doing. Uh, and we're get we're starting to get a lot of outside help. But in, in the end, it's just us. We're pushing forward, you know, once more into the breach. You know, we created the breach and we're going through it and we're bringing people with us. So, uh we're very used to this, you know, sort of being surrounded by uh, people that say this can't be done um, and still going duly noted and pushing forward, you know, to accomplish the mission. Or, you know, though I be the lone survivor, still going to go forward, still going to accomplish the mission. you got to get over the hill. That's it, whatever it takes, you know. You know, and this isn't for us per se, even though it is, we are Americans. Uh, but we believe this is for the American people. This is for America, uh, to make it no matter, you know, whether you're Democrat, Republican, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, this is about making America have faith in American basic election processes again. And, uh, um, we take this very seriously and it's, um, you know, we're going to fight just as hard to bring free and fair elections back to America as we did when we were trying to, you know, take out a bad guy. So the passion is still there. Like Tom said, maybe the, you know, the body not as strong as it once was, but the mind still is sharp and uh, we still can contribute, uh, we believe, in a very uh, significant way to uh, bettering the United States of America. Well, you know, it's so much to be said about the organization that you have, and maybe you feel a little bit weak today on what you're doing and within the organization, but Dave boosts you up with something, or Tom boosts you up with something, and you all have each other to play off of and work off of, and, well, you know, I just can't figure it out, and, well, it's right in front of you, Steve, and, and here it is, you exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you, you just, it's easy to overlook something, but when you have eight other eyes looking at it, uh, they might just see something that your two don't see. And it's got, I mean, this, it's, you all, you know, you, you hear the old saying, the perfect storm. Well, in voting, I think you all are the perfect storm. And, uh, I, I salute all of you for coming together and working together to, perfect a way that we can have honesty brought and integrity not just honesty but integrity brought back to voting and I pray honestly pray that our kids 
can appreciate this and get a reappreciation of what our country is all about. And one of the the most important things in our Constitution is the right to vote and uh, the ability to vote and not be harassed or not worry about it being uh, somebody's taking it away from you or anything else. And uh, this is what you all are doing, and you should uh, you should be very proud of yourselves when you go home at night, and for the job that you're doing. Let me ask do you, uh, as you're going through this, uh, and Tom, I guess you'd be the one. I don't know if you or or uh, Steve or Dave or or I can't imagine Liston doing it. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Do you go home at night, or before you leave the office at night, do you do you make it a little check by something and say, okay, well, we did do this, or we got this done, or our uh, so you know, yeah, um, our uh, mission tomorrow is? Uh, I mean, anyone who who tries to uh, be organized would do that type of stuff. But I got to say, one of the fun things about what we're doing here is you never no day ever goes the way you thought it would go and you get phone calls out of the blue that suddenly become very very interesting conversations or you have the opportunity to go and talk to so and so and so yes while you try to you know have a path towards where you're going with you know check marks along the way um, it's it's a little bit free flowing and that's that's kind of kind of fun and it's kind of back to what Stephen was saying is that uh, you know one of the ways that the American military succeeds is because you have a mission but you're allowed a lot of leeway uh, within a commander's intent to get the mission done and so you got to be flexible and you got to be quick on your feet and you got to be able to say hey is this now a priority I just got a phone call we were going to do this, so we set this down and go this way. So I think it's part of being an entrepreneur, and I think, uh, you know, I think veterans make great entrepreneurs because we're used to just figuring things out on the fly. You know, and this is this is where many militaries have failed because they don't they don't rely on they rely only on the top end, and the top end isn't necessarily out in the field, and uh, it's the it's still the grunt that makes the army move or makes whatever move, no matter whether it's on a ship or wherever it is and working together as a team is is vitally important we're going to take uh one break here and uh, we'll be back with our friends from and and please while we're on break go to redovoting.com and then you all would speak at uh, the rotary or lions club or anything else like that wouldn't you absolutely of course so, okay, I've just lined up. You're, if you're the one that's uh, in charge of getting the speakers for your service organization or your organization, I've just made it easy for you. All you have to do is go to redovoting.com, and you might even get Dave to... Do you still have your medic bag, Dave? <laughs> I'll bring my medic bag if I need to, for sure. Okay, and you can bring them back to... you can. Give them the smelling sauce and get them back, huh? Absolutely. And if you want to bring, if if people want to bring us in to uh, to speak, we'll share stories too. Because, like you said, no veteran has to, but one story. <laughs> We're pretty good storytellers. <laughs> That's great. And uh, so I've just solved a lot of problems for you folks that are the uh, are the they're supposed to get speakers for your organizations. And I've got three here, and there are a couple that are missing. So. 
we've got five opportunities to, for you all to hear about RedoVoting.com. And uh, I want you to take me up on this. And if you want to send them a question, you can send it. You can go to their website, RedoVoting.com. Or if you've got a question for the station that you want us to ask them, we'll be glad to. Just send it to GM at AmericasWebRadio.com. And we'll be back very shortly. Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. (laughs) We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. On eight months, you'll be right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Veteran-owned America's Web Radio endorses and supports Dr. Rich McCormick for Georgia's 6th District, U.S. House of Representatives. As a decorated Marine helicopter pilot, and now an emergency room doctor who served on the front lines against COVID-19, Dr. Rich McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. Whether it's communist China abroad, or the radical left in America, Rich knows the next fight facing America is to stop socialism. He's all in. Vote for Rich McCormick. Well, we're about to, uh, we got about. If you want the truth about politics, yeah. medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, coming back. Web Radio with our friends from RedoVoting.com. And one of these days you guys are going to come in and say, we just landed uh, the whale. And uh, I don't know what the whale will be, but we just landed the big one for the state of uh, you know, let's see, I guess California would be scared to death of you because if they can't cheat out there, they can't vote. And uh, Well, there's still plenty, of, you know, they're still Americans, you know. They they want free and fair, too. Uh, but uh, we'd be happy, very happy to bring it to every state in California right on. Well, you know, we have listeners all over the world, actually, and uh, I guess this system, as far as that goes, could work any place in the world. And uh, even, well, Venezuela might be the exception, but um, no, it could work there. It can work anywhere. But, uh, you know, I just want to stress the fact that it's up to you, the voter, to do something about this show. And this show is about securing your voting and and our right to vote and that it's a secure vote each and every time we do it. And... Uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past on, uh, it doesn't take the voter's ID or anything like this. It, it solves all of those problems. And, uh, you know, I personally, as I mentioned before, 
was always very proud to show my ID when I went in to vote because that was my right to be in there voting. And uh, I didn't want them to misspell my name. And uh, I thought maybe I might get some lady that worked for a movie studio that would say, you're just what we've been looking for. But that never happened either. So... Anyway, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, the Beast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, David, to your point, we have a long history of innovating and and improving things in our election, and we just see us as the next step uh, in that process. Back when we, you know, the, the founders wrote the Constitution and they wrote the system, but they didn't really talk much about the mechanics of how it gets done. And so it used to be you would go and voting was a very public thing. And it was held in the public square, and everyone knew who you voted for or what you voted for, and there was no secrecy around it. In fact, you often had to announce publicly how you were voting and who you were voting for. And it wasn't until the Australian secret ballot in the 1840s that later sort of became de facto the way we did it here in the 1880s, where you had the, uh, I don't say a right to a secret ballot, but that's held sacred now. It's my ballot. I don't have to tell anybody. I don't have to show anybody. I don't have to gain anyone's approval for who I vote for. And that right there was an innovation. And then the U.S. went was one of the first countries to really go to widespread electronic voting. Now we're not. It's not online voting like we're we're proposing. It's electronic voting using of voting machines. Uh, at first they were they were you know punch cards, and then they went, later went to systems where there was you know some interface through some sort of software. Uh, and so we've always been on the forefront of doing those types of things, and we think it's now time for the next iteration. And Americans are used to innovation. Americans are used to re- becoming increasingly uh, confident in using uh, devices to do these things as long as they understand how it works. And that's one of the things that we really want to do. You know, for those who know, we'll be open code so people can look in and see exactly what the software is doing as as uh, as we mentioned earlier, Stephen mentioned earlier, we can uh, allow auditing by the media in real time by different groups, by the Republicans, by the Democrats, can run their own audits in real time, and, and everyone will come to the same conclusion. And so we, you know, innovation has been around for a while, and we just think we're the next step in that. I think it's amazing, and uh, you know, I. I personally love our Constitution. I think it's one of the most incredible documents. And for our forefathers to have been able to see so far ahead on so many different planes, you know, and uh, like you hit on, Tom, that the, the they didn't know the mechanics. Who would have thunk it, you know, <laughs> even 50 years ago, what a, a little bitty telephone can do more than this space module and uh, you know but they still even at that they seem to have a, a clear understanding of our forefathers did a clear understanding certainly of people and their personalities and what they would do and they addressed issues that you know I can't even imagine how they could have thought of them and you all are doing the same thing and I, and I, I was going to ask you Okay, like you said, this is the next step. Do you all foresee a step past this? 
is there going to be a need for a step past this, or is this going to be the answer for the next X number of years? This could be the answer for the X number of years, but I think it would be, you know, the the, the height of arrogance to say that that it, you know, in. 25, 30, 50 years that there wouldn't be a next iteration. How would you expect some a comment like that from Steve? Well, Tom cut me off, so you know, <laughs> got a left man speak. Oh. <laughs> but no, tech, as, as we know, uh, technology grows exponentially, uh, and you know, what is the perfect solution today? You know, no one's using Windows NT anymore, you know, and that was the greatest things in sliced bread back in the day. Uh, there will always be, um, you know, new versions, new improvements um, as uh, as the expectations, as our speed expectations, as our performance expectations uh, for technology change, then technology will change, plain and simple, and ours is no different. So uh, c- can we predict what direction it will go? Not really. Um but we are, that is something we're always working on. You know, we're always thinking about what's next, what's an add-on. You know, where else can we bring this? You know, to, you're talking about internationally. That's something that, that we are uh, considering. You know, it's something everyone wants that. Everyone wants free and fair elections. Everyone wants their vote to count. So our, our, that's something we're thinking about. So maybe the next iteration, maybe it'll be international. I don't know. Um, but just rest assured that we are absolutely working on that 24-7. I, I have no doubt, and uh, I I have no doubt that you all. Uh, uh, I don't know about you all or how you all work, but I know that over the years, particularly when I was much younger, uh, it'd be that I'd wake up. I don't even know where it'd come from, but in the middle of the night, I'd wake up and have an idea that I didn't want to lose. So I always had a scratch pad and a pen by my bed and. And would try to get up, wake up, and uh, part of the reason I probably don't have a wife anymore. But uh, you know, I still would get up and do it, and and uh, so I wouldn't forget it because I have a tendency to, you know, go back to sleep. And you know, I think I thought of something last night, and now I can't remember what it was. But I'm sure you all have some of those moments as well. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Like you said, there's always there's always something new, something out there that uh, will change. And uh, gentlemen, we got to wrap it up, I guess. And uh, I want to thank you all for coming in and uh, chastise Liston for not coming in, but that's okay. Um, we made it fine without him. And uh, Mr. Edge, if you're listening. You got yours. Sure, his ears are burning. And, oh, yeah. And David, it is uh, always such a pleasure to come here, and we, we truly appreciate coming on and being able to talk about, one, this important issue, and then uh, the opportunity to discuss uh, what we see as a solution to the issues that we're facing. Thank you. Well, you all, you all are needed, and more so today than, than ever. And uh, it's coming, and it'll come for you all. You know, it'll... It, it's you got the answer, and uh, just the right people have to ask the question and say, "Oh, I heard something, or I've heard about this company, and they'll be they'll be knocking on your door. They'll be beating a path to your door." And uh, I congratulate you all and respect you highly for what you all are doing. So, with that being said, folks, 
we're going to have to buzz out of here and get ready for the next show and uh, invite these gentlemen. Will you all come back again in the future and give me a give us another update on what's going on? Of course we will. Great, great. Well, we'll expect it, and uh, we'll see you next time on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.